Hi, welcome to the LMB show. I'm Ellen, your host for this great talk show that informs. I'm coming to you from KZSM.org in San Marcos. KZSM is true community radio. Now, if you miss my show, you can follow me on SoundCloud or Facebook. All right, so on SoundCloud, you have to type in the LMB show, and on Facebook, just type in Ellen Braverman. So, and if you miss this show, which airs on Thursdays, that's today, 7 to 8, there's an encore on Mondays from 8 to 9. So before I introduce my guests, I'm going to read my disclaimer so that I don't cause any trouble for KZSM or myself. So here goes. The opinions expressed on this show are those of its hosts and guests and not of the opinions of KZSM or its governing body, S-M-T-X-C-R-A. What a mouthful. All right, well, I'm ready. So we have just elected some different people as our officials, one in which is Elaine Corderas, who will be our new county clerk here in Hayes County, Texas. I, for one, am so glad for this interview because I know nothing about what a county clerk does, but I'm sure that after my interview with Elaine, I will know lots. So without further ado, let's start my show. So thank you, Elaine, for coming. Well, thank you. I'm very happy to be here, and I really want to thank everyone among your viewers who helped get me elected. There was so much work that went into it with block walking and stuffing envelopes and making phone calls, donating money, which is always helpful, and everything else, and voting, finally. So I'm really grateful for it, and I was very touched by the support I got. What made you run? Well, I heard you, in, you were in retirement. <laughs> I was in retirement. <laughs> Four years, huh? <laughs> yes, Some I retirements are long it. and some retirements are short. <laughs> well, I, I felt like it was important for people to get involved, you know, after the last election and be more engaged politically. And I, I feel very strongly that we should have candidates running for every position. Mm-hmm. I'd been curious for a long time about county clerks and what they do in their role. And it related to my background in research in Washington, D.C. So when I looked over the different uh, things I might be able to run for, I looked at that and I said, that's something I can do. (laughs) So So here you are. And here I am. Yes, yes. So what was your background? Well, I was what we used to call a career woman. I worked all of my adult career in Washington, D.C. What, what age did you start working? Well, I started working in high school, really. Uh, so I worked in high school doing things like I worked in a dry cleaners, and I did sewing and ironing for people. And then I worked in the library in college, and I was a statistical typist at UCLA when I was a young woman. So I did a lot of that kind wow. of work. I was a secretary in my youth, which is actually um, serving me well now. everything comes back (laughs) it does but i worked primarily in washington dc for many years for research firms and think tanks the uh, one people probably know of best is gallup organization where i was an executive for a number of years in the government division And I led teams that were involved in doing public information programs, setting them up and running them on topics such as uh, drug abuse prevention and treatment, the stigma of mental illness, um, uh, school violence programs. So what did you do with these? 
Well, I ran them. I, I First of all, I wrote the proposals to win the contracts and put together teams to figure out how to do the work for the government. And then I led teams of people who had special kinds of capabilities and skills. Uh, we reported to the government and we produced whatever it was they were looking for. One of the really interesting things about working in Washington, D.C. is that whatever is the hot topic of the moment, right. you get to work on if you work in a consulting firm or a research firm. So in my last job, I was the vice president of surveys for a large company, and my team of about 200 IT professionals managed contracts for the Department of Defense and the Veterans Administration. So we collected data from soldiers, active duty military, uh, National Guard, veterans, anybody involved with the armed services worldwide, to, uh, and we collected data on everything. Like uh, what? Well, like their voting habits, what life was like when they separated from the military, their home life, their housing, any number of things. We collected information at one point about how people felt about don't ask, don't tell. Oh, really? And so, what did you find out? <laughs> well, uh, people were okay with it, you know? They were okay with it back when. So, you know, they ended up, and ended up, uh, the work that we did ended up informing national policy. So that's another one of the things that's great about working in Washington is you do feel like you have uh, uh, an impact on your world. So, but on a large scale, it's more national instead of at the local level. And that's been one of my discoveries is this work is, is so local. It's the exact opposite. Uh, and yeah. So we work on national far-reaching policy on the one end, but when you're working in local government, you're dealing with everyday life that affects all of us. And I think we tend to overlook the impact that local government has on our lives. It touches everything. That's what I've realized from being active locally, uh -huh. how much the local government impacts our lives. It does. In some ways, more than the federal well, I think it does. It's at the local level that federal law is actually implemented. So or it not implemented. Down or not. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. But before we start talking okay. about the local issues, um, I'm curious, what other information did you get from the vets? Oh, well, from the veterans in particular, we were doing epidemiology studies. That were studies of the uh, impact of being in the Mideast, for the most part. And what did you find out? On their health care. Well, the studies aren't done. They're still doing it. They're collecting a, they're what they call longitudinal studies that we're looking at the, the long-term effects. So we collect it every year, and then the reports are are put out, uh, you know, maybe after 20 years or so. So uh, I think people can go to the Veterans Administration and look up what reports are available, but the final results aren't out yet on some of these studies. And then who designs the questions? Did you design the questions? In some cases, we would, my teams would design questions. Sometimes we were in partnership with other firms that designed the questionnaires or designed the methodology. So a lot of these things are very uh, very large contracts, many of them with many partners of different organizations with different roles. But the questions usually in these cases are developed by meeting with government clients, the ones who are running the projects and who are responsible for them ultimately. And then you have experts. Um, it's quite a specialty in research, actually, designing questions that people understand. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a, a very famous researcher, Don Dillman, who worked with us at the Gallup organization, and he was involved in studying the Chad problem. But uh, he 
he did an awful lot of research at the post office of all places on just the layout of questionnaires if they're written forms and how people read them and interpret them. So there are methods such as cognitive interviewing where you sit down with a person and you ask them to talk out loud as they go through a questionnaire to see what they're thinking and how they're interpreting the questions. So it's really quite an art form and a science. Oh, wow. And to, to be sure that you come up with questions that people understand correctly, that really get at the information that you need. So it's, it's quite a challenge. Very interesting. Well, it is interesting. Yes, it yes. Is. I have one question, another question okay. to ask you about that. Did you have any problems being female? Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't in my day? <laughs> see, see, I, see, young folks? <laughs> see, we didn't have it that easy. You have it no, much easier today. <laughs> I think so. I uh, When I started out uh, in the early 70s, uh, there weren't very many women working in the field I was in, but government contracting, oddly enough, was one of the places where there were opportunities for women because we worked really hard, and we could be exploited, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> about it. You know, we wanted our jobs, we wanted to make it, and we right. would just kill ourselves getting the job done and right. doing it right. <laughs> so... And we put up with all kinds of things. Believe me, I can say, and everyone I know can say, me too. Really? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh. Many times over. Many times over, huh? That's yeah. the way it was. Yeah. I, I didn't realize I picked, I select teaching. Ah. Yes. And looking back, uh-huh. you know, I didn't realize that one of the reasons I probably selected it was mm-hmm. that it was, yes. was a field that was open. And I never wanted to become a principal, so I just uh-huh. stayed in my classroom and shut uh-huh. my door and did my work, and uh-huh. you know. But uh, well, from what I've heard, that that was probably a good choice for women. That was certainly what my father wanted me to do: be a teacher. Huh? <laughs> wanted me to be a teacher. There weren't very many teaching jobs when. Well, I had you graduated. had you entered the field that you were in? How did that come about? Uh, well, I was working at UCLA, uh-huh. and I worked for a fairly famous psych psychiatrist named Tom Ungerleiter, who was on the marijuana panel, and uh, he did a lot of the early research on LSD, and he was the founder of the original D.A.R.E. Foundation. And so I was a secretary, again, while I was working through school, (laughs) and uh, was an executive secretary, and when I graduated, offered to put me on a contract in Washington, D.C. And so I tell everyone, be careful what your first job is because you'll do it the rest of your life. <laughs> and I have, more or less, until the last month. <laughs> but. All right, so now, county clerk. Yes. I think we're ready for that. We're funny. Go yeah, ahead. We yeah. should, maybe, maybe, maybe this should be a comedian, a comedy <laughs> show. County clerk. County clerk. Okay. So what do you do? Well, I do far more than anybody would ever guess. It's really an important job that touches all of our lives in ways I think none of us would ever imagine. My team of people, my deputies, will tell you that we have you from birth to death and in between and after. (laughs) So we um, record, among other things, all of the important events in the county, and that includes births, deaths, marriages. Uh, We keep track of abortions, believe it or not. You do? We do. We report those uh, under deaths and fetal deaths. 
And we also have to issue paperwork to move bodies when somebody dies. We go after people who skip out on their uh, bail bonds <laughs> and try to collect. <laughs> we, we keep property records. Uh, we just do everything you can imagine. So almost everybody in a county eventually comes into contact with us. We consider ourselves to be sort of the front door of the government because uh, that's where you go if you want to get married or if you want to find some of your family records for genealogy or you need to check on your deed, which I would encourage everyone to do. Why? <laughs> well, because those are records that people steal sometimes. <clears throat> they do. Yes, yes. I, I'm not sure of the mechanics of it, but people uh, can sometimes take over and claim deeds. If somebody hasn't, for example, paid their taxes in a couple of years, they can go in and do sneaky things to... <laughs> I mean, it's fraud. We work against right. it, and we do right. things to try to guard against it. But it doesn't hurt to keep track. I just learned uh, that my property is different than I thought. Your property <laughs> My own property is. <laughs> I was very surprised. I thought... It, I thought that I had a na an easement on my neighbor's land, and it turns out I own the land going through to the other block. So I thought, well, I just might put a nice little path in there or something. <laughs> so you'd be surprised. They have records on our septic so, systems and <laughs> all kinds of things. Do, they t do you have the uh, blueprint of where everything is on your property? Your I can get it, yes, oh, I you can. can. Well, I can get, I think that there are records of the septic systems, um, all kinds of information about water and septic and just all kinds of information in the development office. But we keep all of the deeds and title transfers and things like that. Uh, we also, in the county clerk's office, provide all kinds of support and recording services to the courts, the lower courts. So we select, we call jury members, and you we do? organize and manage Don't call juries. me. <laughs> <laughs> You're next. <laughs> uh, I, oddly enough, and it's totally coincidental, a lot of people I know have been showing up for jury. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I promise you I had nothing to do with it. Oh, There's an oh, algorithm. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to hate it, but I get so oh, I know. nervous. Oh, I know. I've been on a number of juries. So nervous. I can tell you... Uh, yeah. I should, Sid, you want to tell your story, your jury story? Yes. With at the store? Oh. Here, hold on. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I was up for jury duty, and uh, I had, um, uh, we had, we had a, a shop, print shop, and it was just me and Ellen. Mm -hmm. We were the, <laughs> the, the, the only persons there. Um, so I, I, she ran the shop that one, mo the one morning I went, and I, the trial that I was listening for was a murder trial. Oh, Yes, which wasn't too thrilling. Um, someone, well, anyhow, it was a murder trial. Um, and so I was kept, we kept whittling down. They went through 150 or 175 uh, mm -hmm. people. And I'm down to the last 10 people or so. And the lawyer said to me, uh, one of the lawyers said to me, would you be comfortable sitting on the jury you know, because you have your mm -hmm. business and your wife is running it herself. And I said, I would be totally uncomfortable <laughs> and totally would not like to do that because, you know, it's, it's really uh, a two-person shop and, uh, and we both need to be there. Mm -hmm. And he said, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you mm -hmm. sure? Kept making sure. And the judge says, uh, sir, he's sure. 
So why don't you just dismiss him and get it over with? <laughs> that's so that's right. what happened. Well, that's good. I, I never got away with that. I had I got picked for every jury every time I was in the room. Oh, you but <laughs> Well, just to, course, just to add yeah. to that was uh-huh. that it, it's a, it was a print shop. Uh-huh. So I was good with the customers, uh-huh. and Sydney was good with the machines uh-huh. and telling people how to do things. Oh, right. So if he was away... Mm-hmm. There was no way I could have oh, ran sure. uh, the business, right. so we would have had to well, close. Sounds, I don't know what. That sounds legitimate. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, that was legitimate. All right, I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. No, that's okay. Well, <clears throat> one of the challenges we're facing right now is that we, uh, we've we added a courtroom. So we have three courts under our, our management now. And so we have to provide the staff who collect all of the fees and, and put together all the files on what happens in court, all the public files and coordinate with the judges and provide various kinds of support to them. But we're calling 300 people at a time for the juries. So when we have three going, you can imagine the parking lots filling up <laughs> and beyond. So <laughs> so that's a big job, keeping track of all of those things. Okay, and Sid is signaling me we've got to take a break, and we'll be right back with Elaine, and we'll find out more about the county clerk's job. All right, welcome back. If you just tuned in, you're listening to The Ellen B. Show with me, Ellen. I'm your host, and I'm coming to you on KZSM from San Marcos, Texas, a true community radio. You can also follow me on SoundCloud and Facebook. And I'm talking with Elaine, (coughs) and she was just elected county clerk, and we're finding out all about what the county clerk does, which is a lot. It is. So we're talking about, so you added another court. We added another court, so we're providing all kinds of support to the courts in addition to the other program of vital statistics that I talked about. And our third big area of responsibility is for the commissioner's court. So we provide all of the administrative support for the commissioner's court. Like what? Well, we take minutes at the meetings. We help prepare the agenda. And we create videotapes, and we live stream the commissioner's court. So if you don't feel like going down there, you're watching grandchildren or something, you can always tune in and watch it on your computer as it's going on, or later, because they're archived, and the minutes are available in writing about, usually within about a week afterwards. So, okay, so the county commissioner's court is on mm-hmm. Tuesdays at what time? It's at 9 a.m., and it, it goes anywhere from an hour to several hours. So I can live day. stream it? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. If if you want to live stream it, you go to the county website, right. commissioner's court, and, it, and uh, you click on agenda. Right. And it will pull it up, and it'll tell you when they're ready. It goes on right at 9 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Would they know that I'm live streaming? No, probably not. So do they have any idea of how many people are live streaming? That I don't know. There's probably some kind of metadata available that talk about that and keep track of it, but we don't monitor it or watch it. We're just very concerned with making sure that the production is okay, that people can hear, that the video doesn't go down, and so on and so forth, and, and bringing up the files that that have been submitted to support various presentations, things like so that. So who, who, who runs the video machine? Who, who oh, runs but one of our team members, one of my staff members runs it all. We have a good team in place, and we have a contract with a company called, I think it's Granicus, that does some of that work. Oh, okay. Yeah. How many people work for you? I have 26 staff members. That's all? To uh-huh. do all to this? To do all that, yes. And we need more. Our county's growing, and it's really affecting us because 
we're one of the main places that people get engaged with the county government. And you can imagine, as it's growing, we're going to be very involved. Parents need to get the birth certificates for their children to go to school, and people need them when they travel for passports and things like that. So we also, um, some of the other paperwork we do, we do the uh, alcohol and beverage control permits, and we do the form called um, doing business as that small businesses have to fill out when they're using a different name for their business. So we have any number of different kinds of forms and services that we provide. And, and so we see all kinds of people. So as the county grows, our workload is just increasing dramatically. So we need to enlarge our staff. That's one of our priorities. So, okay, so if you want to hire somebody, do you have to get... Where, where do you get your budget from? Well, our budget comes from property taxes, like everyone else, but also partly from fees we collect. We collect fees for most of the things that we do. Anytime we issue paper or do something for someone or file something for the courts, uh, there are always fees associated. So we are one of the main sources of revenue, actually, for the county, one of the biggest sources. And, uh, but we have to fight for every penny. A lot of it is, uh, goes to other people in the county. Right. So we have to justify and defend the need for additional staff, which I don't think I'll have any trouble doing this year. But, but we do because we, everybody wants the money, and at the same time we're trying to, to manage the funds and make sure that we're using them appropriately, you know, for, for everyone, for all the citizens. So I know that's something Judge Becerra is working very hard on, is how to do the budgeting so that we get our priorities taken care of and we don't have to raise taxes so oh yeah don't yeah. raise taxes right <laughs> so so that it's trick it, it's it's always a trick to do that so how come there's going to be a third court they need it for the growing population yes oh you wouldn't believe the workload changes yes somebody was telling me i can't remember what kind of case it was they were talking about but it went from th something like four or five to maybe 40 and uh so I mean, just increasing dramatically in whatever the time period was, a month or something. So, oh. uh, so you know, the workload is just increasing dramatically. Oh, wow. I'm, st I'm still pretty new at this. Don't forget, it's only four weeks. So. Oh, you've only... <laughs> I, don't have all this, I don't have all the facts. <laughs> yeah, well, you're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty but. good. Well, okay, so you're the newest county clerk. Mm -hmm. So what issues is your office facing? And how will you solve them? Well, uh, I think that staffing is one of them. I mean, our building isn't that old, really. Where are you uh, housed? Well, I have my office is in the main county building over on Stagecoach. So it's the great big building near 35 and Wonder World. If yes, it's the seen new that, one. It's the new building. So oh, we're yeah, on the second right. floor. Now and, I know where to get you. Yes, you do. And we also have substations in Wimberley, Kyle, and Dripping Springs. So I'm trying to get to those every week for a few hours in each location. So we have staff there. And I would say one of our challenges is to make sure people know about those stations and are using them because it's much more convenient for most people to go closer to home. Not for you. This is the main office is probably most convenient for you. But for many people, it's much more They convenient. don't know. Yeah, and they just don't know. So getting the word out on that is a big issue. How are you going to do that? Well, we're planning to have some open houses at the places and some sort of fun events and to do some news stories that will attract people. Because I think um, a lot of people, even, you know, even if they know a little bit about the clerk's office, they don't think it's very important 
interesting. Or but there's important. actually yeah. But they can go look up their property records and things like that and see what they've got. But also, there's all kinds of other really interesting things available for, I look at it from a researcher's perspective, and we just have a treasure trove of fabulous books and information. You know, it's, it's sort of a hoarder's delight, to be honest. We have boxes and, and files and shelves full of, of books going back to the 1850s. Really? Yes, we have school records, we have death certificates, wills, um, birth certificates, marriage certificates, and there's potential for wonderful research. I think where are all of the people going after their doctorates? There's just so much information here. Can you connect with the college? Maybe well, get somebody? We, a couple a of student? people at the college are doing some things, but we're looking at some ways of engaging the university because it's a shame in a way that it goes uh, unused because there's just fabulous information that reflects cultural change just in what names are recorded and, and which ones aren't. For example. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Uh, that's true, of course, all over the country. I noticed that in, um, I lived in Virginia, and some of my ancestors were very early settlers there, and I was just totally disgusted when I got the records from the 1700s, and it listed all the men in the household, the slave, I'm sorry to say, and the farm animals, and tools, and windows, and no mention of any women. Really? <laughs> household. <laughs> so... Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. <laughs> but those kinds of things, you can you can see a lot of things in the records. There are some of the deeds and some of some of that information they have well, in like the what? development office. It's just funny. Well, the head of our development office was talking about her favorite is one that says you can't sell the property to anybody who drinks beer in the front yard. <laughs> And then there's some things that are less pleasant on some of these too. There, there's a, um, a you know quite a bit of evidence of some of the um, racial constraints in the early years. Like what? Well, you may be familiar with sundown laws. They they were laws that different communities had that said um, that anybody of color had to be out of the community by sundown or they'd be shot or killed or whatever. This was in Texas. This is in Texas and in other parts of the country, sadly. But you can find this kind of thing in some of the old property records written right in them, things that support that sort of thinking. So so there, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of history there. Is there also records of uh, what, which, uh, which families owned slaves? Well, that I don't know. I would assume so. I know that um, the old tax records in, in the South, you know, where I was in Virginia and probably where had, you were, uh, they, they listed slaves. Yeah. So can anybody look through these books? Uh, yeah, if they're older than 75 years, I think it depends. But yes, yeah, some of the really old records are, are wide open to the public. So, And we're trying to, one of our big jobs is preserving them because, you know, they're quite fragile at a certain point. So we're trying to digitize them and put them, make them available online too. But the old records, it's fun to look at them. You know, it's always neat to look at the old books and see the handwriting in them and the original handwriting and try to decipher them. <laughs> but uh, uh, we're trying to get them digitized and stored so that the information will be available, but the original records will be preserved well. Oh, wow. Which is quite a job, too. <laughs> so, so do all the county clerks, in all the other areas, mm -hmm. have all these books too? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I was doing research on my family in Pennsylvania 
years ago, and I went into what was the county clerk's office to look for wills, I guess it was. They had no idea where they were. They sent me down the hall, and I found them in a closet on the floor. <laughs> the old will books. These are from 1750. and <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so I, it's a problem everywhere, the preservation of them. And it is one of the priorities for a county clerk by statute to preserve and protect them. So we are looking at that. We're getting special shelving, and we're looking into some preservation and into having some of the materials archived at the state archives so that they're in temperature-controlled rooms and Yeah, that's why like I'm that. surprised that it's, not, that it's so local, that it's not yeah. in the state or the yeah. federal. Right, right. Museums or... And something there, it's really complicated. I was talking to our records preservation clerk, which we have, and she was telling me for virtually every single document, there's a law telling you how long you need to keep it and in what condition. And somewhere along the way, the law changed overnight and said you can't have any boxes of files on the floor <laughs> so they were all hustling the next day to put shelves in <laughs> so but it's for virtually everything and so you can destroy some things you know some records from cases that have already been um settled oh so you have trials like oh we have trials yes we keep all the records on the trials so you have so. trials from way back uh, probably yes, yes. I don't know how far back those go, but we oh, do. Oh, you have yes. to come on another show. <laughs> yes, we can talk I about all more. that stuff after. You, <laughs> right, right, right. After, after you snoop in all those files, I know you'll just have to find out what I can say. <laughs> yeah, that's all but right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, legally, what you can. So it's going to take a while to di digitize it all. Oh, it is. We have several people working full time, and I'm asking for more, just scanning in documents so that we can get rid of some things. So. Oh, really? So all they have to do is just scan it in? They scan in. It takes a long time. You have to be really careful. We had a scanning company who did some of our scanning, and, and somehow the stamps on one side showed through the other side in the scan so we have to go back and redo them all with a more sensitive equipment that won't pick up the or maybe it's less sensitive i don't know but the equipment that won't pick up the images from the reverse side do you, do you have equipment already or well, do you have to buy it we will go outside and get a contractor to do that to do probably that. but we do have a lot of scanning equipment we scan documents all day long into our system that's one of the things that we do when we create files. So. Wow, this is interesting. Okay, Sid is signaling me. We got to take a break. See you in a little bit. Hi, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the Ellen B Show. And I'm Ellen. I'm your host for this great talk show that informs. You know what I mean. I'm talking to you from KZSM.org in San Marcos, Texas. KZSM is True Community Radio. Now, if you miss my show, you can follow me on SoundCloud or Facebook. All right? When you go to SoundCloud, you have to type in Ellen B. Show, Facebook, Ellen Braverman, and also we are now on Anchor, anchor.fm. All right, so we're getting around. Oh, my encore is on Monday nights from 8 to 9. And if you want to come on my show, um, email Sid. Sydney, S-I-D-N-E-Y, 581 at Juno, J-U-N-O.com. Don't email me because I have so many emails. But I'm looking for new people all the time. If you want to come on, don't worry about it. We'll find something interesting for you to talk about. Everybody has done something interesting in their lives. I promise <laughs> you that. 
Okay, so now I've been talking to Elaine, finding out all about Hayes County Clerk, what they do, what the office does, and I'm astonished at everything they do. So now we're going to talk about modernizing the office, bringing it in line with the 21st century standard. All right, Elaine. Okay, well, we're doing several things. But first of all, I think everybody will be pleased to know that our county actually stacks up pretty well against other counties. Yes. We are ahead of the game. Very good. And doing a good job, and there's an extremely competent staff in place. Good. Very committed to always improving what they're doing and getting better and serving the clients really well. But uh, having said that, some of the software that has been in use for the last uh, few years has not been effective. It's been really hard to use, hard for the public to use, hard for the staff to use, just, just hasn't been very good at all. So we are, as we speak, we are installing a, an entirely new system. Uh, it's called Eagle. <laughs> okay. I don't know why it's called Eagle, but it's it's a software by a company called Tyler uh, that serves a lot of their entire business is committed to working with counties and creating oh. creating um, computer systems for them. They're okay. pretty highly regarded, and we have some other systems in the county. So this will allow us to integrate data across different offices and systems. But most importantly, it's going to make it much easier for the public to access the information they want and need, and for our staff to do it. Mm-hmm. And the public will be able to do things without interacting with our staff as much, too. So you can do what you want at 2 a.m., you can find the records that you want. Um, so it should be a huge improvement. That will be in place by summer. We're working oh, that's on it not right bad. now. So no, right. it isn't bad at all, and it's going to make a tremendous difference in, okay. in the functionality. We're also just looking internally at a lot of procedures and processes. We, you know, we work with so many offices and keep so many records that we need to look at the business processes and see where things fall through the cracks. So we're looking at streamlining processes, making it much clearer who's responsible for what, cutting out unnecessary steps and duplications, and just creating all kinds of opportunities. So we we just had a meeting yesterday to figure out how to do some of that in the courtroom. And we're making progress. So we're working on those kinds of behind-the-scenes things right now to modernize and streamline our practices. Can you be any more specific? Well, that had to do with how we create the uh, public use files for the courtrooms. So now it will go directly to us, some of the information, instead of going through other people in the system. Because there's so many different players. So it'll be more of a direct handoff. Yeah, what about now? What Okay, and what happens if the electricity goes down and your, your computers well, we stop working? <laughs> We have many redundancies, as any uh, data firm needs to have. We have a pretty good IT uh, team in place, and we have, you know, duplicate servers and things like that, and we have generators to keep us going. We have a special room, a storage room, in my suite of offices that is set up in case there's a fire or some kind of an emergency. And what everybody's warned me is to get out of there fast if I'm in that room because all kinds of stuff will start trickling down, chemicals and things to protect the materials that are stored there. So they said if you hear that, if you hear an alarm, get out of there. So, oh, 
I oh, know. you mean there's stuff stored in there's your stu- office? Yes, yes, right in our office. Some of these old files that we have to protect and take care of are in a special storage room right in the center of the whole operation. And uh, so there, you know, it's uh, some kind of chemicals that are dispersed to protect them from damage and destruction. <laughs> so... Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I was going to ask you about, uh, you know, because the voting was uh, oh, yes. manipulated yes. in 2016. I mean, of course, people deny it, but we know that that's, a, that's not a true fact. Well, th- yes. The, by statute, if you go back to the laws in, in Texas, it indicates that the county clerk is in charge of the elections. In fact... Uh, in many counties, there is an elections administrator who is appointed independently from the county clerk, and there's an election commission hires and fires the people. Do in we have that? We have that is what we have in our area. So Jennifer Anderson is actually the elections administrator, and she works directly with the Secretary of State and follows the statutes at the state level and gets her training and information from there. We have an elections commission in place, and that includes or uh, comprises the judge, Judge Becerra, I'm the vice chair of it. Oh. Then the heads of both political parties, Donna Hashke and uh, Russell Hader, I think is the name of the Republican head. Oh. And the, I think it's the tax assessor is also on it, or the auditor. I can't remember exactly which, but those are the people who are on the commission. Uh, in addition to that, whatever, you need to have you know, a majority vote, and in some cases, four out of five to make any major decisions. But also the commissioner's court has to rule on any decisions. So they're both things. So it's very hard to get anything done without almost everybody agreeing to it. Right. And the way it's currently defined in our county is that the elections commission is restricted to hiring, accepting the resignation of the elections administrator, or firing, and nothing else. Now, many other counties have enlarged their role to include some oversight, and it's hard to imagine how anybody could determine whether you needed to fire someone or not without having some sort of monitoring or oversight. And that's not to suggest that there's anything at all wrong with the team that we have in place. It's just that right now, um, this commission is restricted to those particular purposes. Right. So the only way that, as I understand it, and I could be wrong about this, but as I understand it, the only way really to influence anything in the elections is either to talk directly to Jennifer, who's usually very willing to talk to yeah, people. Yeah, she is. She yeah. is. Um, or to go before the commissioner's court. So that's one place. People have three minutes for public comment, or if there's anything on the agenda that relates to the elections, you can speak directly to that now people should know if they go to the commissioner's court and i wish more people would by the way you can speak for three minutes on virtually anything but the commissioners can't comment on it or react Mm -hmm. on the public you know the general comments if it's tied to a specific topic or agenda item then they can have an exchange Uh, but it is an opportunity to have some input i'm also encouraging jennifer to have 
more opportunities for citizen input. For example, coming up will be an RFP oh. for the voting machines. Yes, now, April 4th. <laughs> yes, April 4th. Yes, there's an event, the League of Women Voters, I believe. Is that what you're talking about? No, you can go down to Jennifer's office and uh, you can play with the machines. Yes, I think that she organized that in cooperation with League of Women Voters from, I think it's from 6.30 to 8.30. Yes. There's a, a session, and she's making the room, the conference available. room available. Right. And she will talk about the elections equipment, and she will have at least one of the voting machines available. Now, a year ago or so, she put together a citizens' committee, and Robert Smith, who's from, is a member of WIMDEMS and on the steering committee, was part of that along with several other people. Um, at that time, the regulations wouldn't allow the machines that have paper trails. Right. But they've since changed the regulations so that we're now allowed to have the paper trails. So there are two brands of equipment that have that capability. One is a heart system, which I think is what, I think we've been using heart equipment in the past, but don't hold me to that. And then there's one, I think it's ES and S is the other uh, brand. Well, the, the issue was that um, you could not have voting centers and have paper ballots. Uh, so, okay. but now you can have, so they chose to have voting centers with a touch screen, I think, and a receipt, a paper oh. ballot receipt. Okay. Unless I'm wrong, but I well, thought I, that that's what. Well, as I understand it, where right. we're headed is that an RFP will be created sometime soon, very soon. What's an RFP? An RFP is a request for quotation or request for proposal. Right. from the vendors to see if they can fulfill our needs and to get their bids, their prices. Right. So th there are only two vendors, I think, who have the equipment that meets our specifications. And Jennifer plans to include in that, as I understand, uh, also the implementation steps and training, training of the people who will use the equipment, like the judges and things like that. Yeah. Which scenario? Okay, yeah. so that's all going to be built into the RFP. So I think it's important to have input into that RFP, the scope of work of it, to make right. sure that it does what we want. But my understanding is that we will be getting election equipment probably by summer that will have a paper trail. And I believe the way it works, and again, don't hold me to okay. this, but I think, I think that you you get um, results of what you voted for, and then you have it scanned in somehow. Oh, that's so like you, in North Carolina. So you end up with an electronic record and potentially a paper one. Right, okay. So uh, so a lot of people are, feel that that will solve the, the, some of the problems that we've had in the past. Oh, but terrible. of course, you still, have to make, you still have to make sure that you get the equipment uh, set up properly and transferred the drives transferred appropriately and there's an awful lot of other steps involved in right. it to protect it the other major initiative that the elections office is taking is to set up voter centers yes so we are going to do that and or at least jennifer's looking into it seriously and i think that's fully the intent of everyone so i don't know how many there will be so that's another place where there's an opportunity for people to have input or to express their preferences but we want to make sure that the voter centers are in locations that make it accessible to everyone right and they will be available on election day as well so people can vote in any one of them anywhere in the county right anytime during the election 
And uh, so that, I think that will simplify and correct a lot of the problems that we had last time, especially on election day. Uh, I know that Ruben, our, our Judge Basada, has wanted to go to having election centers at some of the HEBs mm-hmm. at all the hours that they're open. And, and for example, I know I did all my paperwork for my annual car inspection and everything at the HEB, which I thought was really neat this year. <laughs> you know, it was late at night, and it was, <laughs> it was super convenient. But it's tricky to do it and protect the money and the accurate, you know, make sure that there's no interventions that are inappropriate and things. So it's a little bit tricky, but Jennifer's looking into that as well to see if we could do that. They do it in Travis County. So we'll see. <laughs> but those are some of the things that are afoot with the elections. But I encourage anybody who who feel strongly about this, and I hope people do, to meet with Jennifer and find out what's going on and express their interests and yes. concerns and um, also to go to the commissioner's court. Yes, I got, I got an email, and what I'll do is when we come back from the break, I'll have that information. So right. you can email, you can text Jennifer, and she'd like to hear from people. I'm sure she would. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we also have a show Mondays, and we're oh. going to... Uh, you know, put that information out. Great, too. great. We'll, we'll just see if we can get it out. Um, you might want to get Jennifer on your show. You know, I was thinking about that. I have to I ask. Think it would her. be great. That would be good. I think it would be great. That would be good. Um, flyers. Maybe you can. I I don't see any flyers around town for anything. Nothing with the election. Nothing. I mean. People don't use that? Well, that's a good point. We, I've been talking to people about doing it just to make people aware of some of the things the county clerk's doing and getting us out there more because we definitely wanted to work on getting more input and more interaction with citizens. And uh, Ruben and I had talked when we were running about doing town halls and breakfasts yes. and things like that. So it's still in the plans. It's just okay. that you can imagine what it's like the first month oh. <laughs> you step into the job. You have to spend a lot of time getting to know people and, and collecting information and learning more about the job. About that. And, but we haven't given up on any of that. We will do it. And I think flyers are a really good idea. Or even if you yeah, just do like uh, the four ups, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or, or brochure, right? Everybody right. has a well. They used to right. have brochures, right? All right, Sid is signaling me for another break. See you in a little bit. All right, welcome back. Uh, if you just tuned in, you're listening to the Ellen B Show. I'm Ellen, your host for this great talk show, and we only have 12 minutes less <laughs> left. So I'm going to talk real fast. Go ahead, Elaine. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'll talk really slowly to make sure I fill it. Um, So one of the things that we talked about a lot during our campaigning was about getting input from the public. And and both uh, Judge Becerra and I want to be sure that we do that, that we have town halls and breakfasts and other opportunities for citizen input. But I also want to talk a little bit about Uh, some of the things that we talked about during the campaigning and uh, what we can and can't do. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that people were concerned about was the fees that are charged. Well, one of the things that I've learned in my first four weeks is uh, is that almost everything we do in local government is set by statute. And you wouldn't believe the amount of detail. There are books, huge, thick books, on the fees that are charged defined for every single piece of paper or everything that's done and it's set by the state 
and believe me, you have to comply. It's audited. So, oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's pretty darn tricky to figure out how to lower fees when it's a state statute. But I'm looking at ways we might be able to create alternatives or something. But the statutes set everything. They say what kind of paper you have to use, what stamps go on them how long they're retained, virtually everything, and what you charge per page or per document or per activity, and how you, even how you develop a budget if you're doing something like a public information request, a response to public information request. I didn't know that, and I don't know if many people know that. So you have to go to the state to change all this stuff? Yes, exactly. So we that's why we need Erin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, as far as I know, that is the route at this point. So uh, there's that. There are some other kinds of... The other thing was hours. So people want uh, more convenient hours, which right. it sounds completely reasonable. Right. And... It's not. <laughs> The state determines, <laughs> determines that, too? Well, not exactly. exactly it's but a, It's a practical consideration. So we have our hours currently are roughly 8.30 to 4.30 because we have to settle, like a bank, we take in a lot of money and cash, so we have to settle the finances oh. at the end of the day. We do stay open till 6.30 on Wednesdays at our main office. Oh, bully, But not bully. at the other. Well, I know. That's the thing. I said, well, gee, you know, what about the people that commute to Austin? That doesn't help them at all or the people that have two jobs. And so why don't we be open on Saturday? Right. Well, so here's the situation. It seems that almost anything you need, you can get online. <laughs> so most people do that. And... Uh, there's hardly anything that you need to do with the county clerk that you can't do online. Oh, <laughs> right? I didn't know that. Right. And for those of us who don't like to go online? Well, then you then you, then you might have an issue. What we have found when we stayed open late is that very few people come, come in. in. <laughs> so, so you have to weigh the use of taxpayers' dollars to right. have somebody. And it's not just us. The security people have to be there, too. So, it oh, may, so right. it, it's much more complicated and expensive. So you have to weigh the real value and the payoff of doing it. So... You know what it all boils. Uh, yeah, I mean to interrupt, but you, oh, it all okay. boils down to educating. Yes, the public exactly. Making and you really have to aware. start in high school. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. It's one of the things that I want to do, and in fact, we're going to have more social media. So we we we're going to have a YouTube station for the county, and I will have a page for the county clerk where we will talk about what we do and how to do various things and um, about the hours and the options and, you know, demonstrate various things that might oh, be wow. of interest to people. Uh, it's going to be a little, as I understand it, a little less formal than some of the other things we have. We also will have a Facebook page where we can post information and updates on hours and things like that and collect information and perhaps have a bit of a dialogue. Are you going to do like a newsletter? Because like I get, right. which I like. Yes. Uh -huh. I yes. like uh, if people will um, send me like yes. little oh, yeah. blurbs, you know, and that. then a mm -hmm. link. And then yes. I just go on the link and then I can see you. 
I, I like that idea, and we probably can do that. We have a very good office to deal with those kinds of things. And I think it's important. I mean, we have some little stories to tell that might be of interest to people. So about, is this interview going to go on your Facebook well, page? Well, I think it should, yes. Whoa. I think it should. Whoa. So, you know, we have to be There's also all kinds of cautions and yeah, rules right. and regulations and all that. But, yes, we want to be in touch with the public, let them know what we're doing, some of the interesting things they can find out and do in the county clerk's office. And just information uh, in general. Well, and you could go on um, if you want to have your own show on KZSM. Well, that might be fun. The, <laughs> the county clerk's corner or something. <laughs> that would be funny. All right. Tune in to Elaine <laughs> this week and see what she is doing at the county clerk's office. This would be about a five-minute show. Yes, <laughs> I could do that. You can do a PS, yeah. PSD, PS, oh, yeah. PSA. PSA. Yeah. Well, we could. I know the mayor in Wimberley does something like that in the oh, newspaper that? there. Yeah. Oh, really? So, and then... Yeah, you can have a column in the newspaper. <laughs> right. Well, yes. That's right. So... Something else for you to do. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> well, I have to find something to do with this age. But... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Retirement, maybe, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's back to work for me. <laughs> but it, it it is really interesting, and it's just a great staff and place to do it. That really, really committed to serving people. Sounds it's really, really nice good to work with them. It is. It's nice to be. So back people have been there a long time. Some of them, the the most senior people, have been there. Many of them for twenty years. Wow. I, I'm pretty different from other county clerks. I've discovered because most county clerks come up through the ranks. They start in high school working in the county clerk's office, and then they run. Oh. And so, by far, that's the norm for not only the county clerk's position, but many of the other local county jobs oh. that are elected. So, so I'm pretty, pretty different. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really impressed by the capabilities of the staff. And, you know, something other people don't realize is, is how challenging it is. Do you know it takes seven to eight months to train someone for one of these jobs? Really? In the county clerk's office? Yes. So they have to be dedicated, and um, it's is, really is important it like, to work Is it them. a state job? Do you get state benefits? The or? benefits are good. Yeah, the pay's not great, <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, we're looking at making sure that it's comparable with other salaries that are, mm -hmm. you know, for similar work in the area in other, other counties. So it's state. But, no, well, it's actually county. County. But it's it's like state or federal government, but they're good benefits. There's good health care, and there's 15 days of vacation a year. I've never had that anywhere. I didn't. My life. Well, I had two two months oh, in the well. summer, <laughs> but I was so exhausted the first month. <laughs> I did it. nothing but it just sit. <laughs> right. Well, I know. I always I considered ten good. That's <laughs> <I said> good. <laughs> But uh, there are some really good benefits, and it's a nice. There's a nice organizational culture at the county. You know, they care about people and um, invest in them, and try to keep people and make sure they're happy. I think people understand what what we've all been learning over time is that the quality of customer service and productivity depends on your staff and how they feel. That's right. So you need to be sure they're taken right. care of. Yeah. So the county does that. Um, yeah, yeah. And you need people who know what they're doing. Absolutely. And Absolutely. the only way you're going to get that is if you keep your staff. Absolutely. I mean, if you have a, a large turnover, Absolutely. that makes no sense. Oh, it's a disaster. And the, and the big stores don't realize that. Well, that's true. That is true. One of the things somebody asked me, people were really worried that when I came in, I would fire everybody and bring my own team. And I said, you think I'm crazy? 
No way. <laughs> and they've been great. They are a team, and they've immediately risen to it. And they're educating me about the realities of the work, which is good. And I'm learning something every single day from them. And they're really good at what they do. So the senior team, there are about uh, six of them, have all of them have about 20 years of experience wow. doing this. And everybody in the office at this point is cross-trained, so they can do any job in the office. Oh, wow. So, and you, you heard what there is, the range of things. <laughs> so. Well, Sid is saying time is up. Elaine, I had a ball, and I Thank learned you. so much. And you definitely have to come back. Uh, I would love to. It's always a pleasure. It was great. It Thank was you. great. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the show, my uh, listeners. Um, if you want to find out more about KZSM, go to kzsm.org. You go to their website. We can use volunteers, donations. If you want to sponsor the LMB show, you can email me at ebsept, S-E-P-T, at juno.com. If you want to see some of my other shows, go to SoundCloud or my Facebook page. Okay, so next time, from my heart to your heart, be kind to yourself, to others. Stand tall, get involved. Anyway, it doesn't have to be a big thing. You can just call your elected officials. You can just read the newspaper. Um, I would suggest that you read more than one newspaper. And I would suggest that if you like to get all your news on Twitter and Facebook, I suggest that you check your facts because this in this age, you need to check your facts. And um, I want to thank Elaine again. It was wonderful. You'll come on again. I hope so. Yes. <laughs> Tell you All more. right. <laughs> Till next time. Bye. Thank you.